You're listening to DraftKings Network. Folks, Mother's Day is around the corner, and let me talk to you about 1-800-Flowers. I can't wait. Every year to tradition, I send stuff to my mother, my mother-in-law, and my wife because they are three amazing moms. They're better than all your moms out there. You think you have good moms? No, I have good moms in my life. I'm just kidding. This was a little harsh. I'm sure you guys all have good moms too. From your mom to the mother of your children and all the moms in between, this Mother's Day, give back to the ones that have given you everything. 1-800-Flowers helps you celebrate all amazing moms from homemade bouquets, sweet treats, gourmet food, and one-of-a-kind gifts ordered easily and delivered fresh. For a limited time, you can save up to 40% off Mother's Day bestsellers at 1-800-Flowers.com slash Dan. Don't wait. Order today and save up to 40% at 1-800-Flowers.com slash Dan. Now's a good time to remember where the story of tequila started. In 1795, the first tequila distillery was opened by the Cuervo family. And 229 years later, Cuervo is still going strong. Family owned from the start, same family, same land. Now's a good time to enjoy Cuervo, the tequila that invented tequila. Go to Cuervo.com to shop tequila or visit a store near you. Cuervo, now's a good time. Trademarks owned by Beckley, SAB, the CV, copyright 2024, Proximo, Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tonight, Miami Commissioner Joe Carroyo has put on notice U.S. Marshals beginning the process of repossessing his assets. You're done, and there's nowhere you can run. 63.5 million in assets. The Marshals are going to take them. Which arm do you want to take blood from? Your bed, shelves full of books you've never read. I've been an honest public servant. The ladder that you fell off of, George Wallace paraphernalia, your DVDs of cuckold porn. Raise the firing squad. The marshals are gonna take you tonight. I do have some furniture. You're screwed. Now nothing here belongs to you. Your Twinkies and your Charleston shoes. Your big, big bed. Are gonna take them. Some of my underwears, my socks. Each one of your bikini, your finger pumps. Your comically large swimming trunks. Dear Lord, the marshals are gonna take them. I don't have uh, money to pay. Your old view of M windbreaker, your hideous Buick Encore, Marjorie's Orisha candle. This is so biased. The marshals are gonna take them. somewhere, maybe in the street, with a tent or something. Your sectional and your bar stools, your coffee table and vacuum. 
perfume, the marshals are taking those two. This is not fair, this is America. And your fourth wife is gonna leave you. Good night. This is uh, very, very unpleasant. Roy, while you were in Vegas at the Super Bowl, I celebrating a Super Bowl of my own here in uh, in Miami. Wife be eater. I'm so petty. Little Billy Corbin. So, yes, the U.S. Marshals, while you were away, while we were on hiatus, went to Joe Carollo's house and put a notice of levy on the door informing him that they are indeed going to begin the process of seizing his property to satisfy the $63.5 million corruption judgment against him for weaponizing city government to target the Little Havana business owners who own, among other things, a very popular and historic ball and chain bar on Calle Ocho. There might be some footage out there if you're watching the video version of this program where I was caught outside of Joe's house while this was happening cackling my little ass off. This is not your little Twitter account, little Billy. I mean, the feds brought the the black Chevy Suburbans and everything, man. They were ready to go. Full drama. Full drama. I mean, this telenovela, man. (laughs) (laughs) The pettiness. The the sure pettiness. Listen, how often is it that justice is done like this? That bad things happen to bad people? You know, like this is long overdue. This man has been a cancer on this community, bullying his wife, his daughters, the citizens and residents of Miami for 40 years. I mean, his time has come. Your boy, Joe Carollo. Oh, no, no, we're not doing that. We're not not doing that. In God we trust. This has been an incredible, I mean, we have a lot of catching up to do. We're going to talk to Sarah Blasky, the uh, Pulitzer Prize winning investigative journalist from the Miami Herald about what's been going on in Miami. We're going to talk to Jason Garcia about what the hell is going on up in the Florida state capitol, Ron DeSantis' free state of Florida. But Joe Carollo is the big story here. You know what else is the big story while we're doing like shameless victory laps. What's that, Billy? The response has been overwhelming, and I want to thank everyone for going to CocaineCowboys.com and, and checking it out. And thanks to everyone here at Meadowlark who helped make it happen. Anything I could do to help, Billy. Roy, I was I meant Jason and GQ. What? That's, that's what I meant. What do you mean? Be, I meant the people I was here too. who actually produced and directed the thing oh. uh, for us here at Meadowlark. Well, you're welcome anyway. Thank you, Roy, as always. And, you know, shit gets real with Michael Corleone Blanco. I ask him finally, as the series winds down, what his mother, Griselda Blanco, thought of our documentary, Cooking Cowboys, when it came out almost 20 years ago. When Cooking Cowboys, the first documentary, started circulating, what was your mother's reaction to the documentary? She was mad. I said, Mom, what if they're going to cut a check? She said, no, no check sis and the sis or do you want me to send somebody to go say hi to them yeah billy you you almost got that knock on the door <laughs> griselda, the dramatic music got me griselda is the one who knocks roy griselda is the one who knocks and the u.s marshals were the ones who knocked on joe carollo's door you, you see what i did there? laughing in his you see face. what i did there you're a man. <laughs> you see what i did there you know what ah, roy 
it's not just me. Somebody else laughed? It's a conspiracy of the entire court system, apparently, where he is losing every single motion and every single lawsuit. It is a conspiracy of the media, I guess, for telling the truth about him and his corruption. The latest is he tried to go to the court and say, hey, will you delay the seizure of my house while I figure out what's going on here? And the judge was like, no, thank you. Nah. Nah. Judge Rodney Smith, who presided over the month-long corruption case last year, he is already done, absolutely done with this guy. And he's like, no, you owe this money. Start paying it. I mean, you're never going to be able to pay $63.5 million, So give him your house. Give him your drawers. Give him your, your underwear. I'm going to go to an auction, Roy, and I'm going to buy Joe's mother's costume jewelry, and I'm going to wear it all to the next city commission meeting like Walter Mercado. Okay, I'm going <laughs> I'm to I'm buy a cape, too. Does anybody know where I can buy a cape? Like a Walter Mercado style? I'm sure we have uh, something in cape. wardrobe. I, I have no doubt that you do. Something from the Greg Cody collection. <laughs> I'm sure there is a cape. And now, the plaintiff's who won this judgment against him, they want to go through his fourth wife, Marjorie's financials, too, because they're alleging fraud that Joe moved assets and money to his wife, her name, her accounts, her business, and they want to be able to examine that, too. And I got to tell you, that motion is pending, and I think that's going to go their way as well. Here's the funny thing about these motions and lawsuits that Joe keeps losing. His lawyers keep winning. Why? Because they keep billing the Miami taxpayers for every hour they waste on these losing, frivolous, defective motions. So, you know, as they say in litigation, uh, what is it? The only people who win in litigation are the lawyers. And that's no difference here because they're playing with the house's money. They don't care. There's total perverse incentives here because they're like, hey, any other client, we'd say, hey, listen, we have to be selective about this. We're going to lose this motion. We shouldn't appeal this. We have to be strategic here. They don't care. They file crap for everything, bill the taxpayers, lose it and keep going. It's really deplorable. And speaking of deplorable, we tried to warn you last year. Remember this character, Sabina Kovo? That's right. She was a city commissioner for nine months. Well, nine months is all it took, Roy for this to happen. Sabina Kovo lost Miami's District 2 commission seat last November, but what she did as the incumbent is now under investigation. We all ran against the problem that's there at City Hall, which is the corruption piece. That's right? former candidate right, James right, Torres yeah. and, on Because you know, Miami's podcast after last November's elections. He talked about Kovo coming to him for his support in her runoff. What is it gonna take? And can I offer you a position at the Omni CRA as a contractor making over $120,000. Kovo was chair of that CRA. We're auditing right now where we stand with the Omni CRA. She became chair when then Commissioner Alex Diaz de la Portilla was charged with corruption and suspended. I was taken aback by that because I'm like, is this the right thing? Like, this is, doesn't sit. It was just weird. And if true, possibly uh, illegal, which so may be why Miami-Dade State Attorney's Office launched an investigation for allegations of remuneration by candidate for services, support, etc., and bribery. That's right. In just nine months serving as a city of Miami commissioner, she is already under investigation for bribery. And as you heard on that uh, Local 10 WPLG report from Glenna Milberg, the story 
if this is what the investigation is all about, was broken right here in this very room, Roy. Nice shout out. And by the way, the video, nice uh, little call out to Ron McGill because the sign was in the background. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You see, (laughs) very, very prominent Ron McGill cameo in that clip. And I mean, listen, this is what we do here, Roy. So we take a victory lap. I don't know that any crime was committed here. This is obviously like a he said, they said. But the circumstantial evidence so far is pretty compelling that it looked like based on what Former candidate James Torres told us on this very program last November, there might have been a uh, quid pro bro going on here in the city of Miami, if you can believe it. Right? I'm glad you're sitting down because you seem stunned I'm by this revelation. I, I can't believe it. <laughs> and listen, we tried to warn Miami about this. And incidentally, Miami listened because she was unelected last November after that Because Miami episode, which aired on Friday, and the following Tuesday was the runoff election. So over the weekend, that story greatly impacted the early voting and ultimately the election day voting for the runoff. But we're sort of like OGs on this. Yeah, all it took was a song. Do you remember what we warned? Do you remember what we told folks? Say no to Kovo. Just say novo to Kovo. I have no idea. Stuka out here for my friends over at Simply Safe. When you travel, do concerns back home nag you? Did you lock up? Did you leave a window open? That's why I recommend investing in Simply Safe Home Security today for award-winning security and peace of mind wherever your summer plans take you. I've had Simply Safe in my home for many years now. The peace of mind it gives me, especially during the summertime, when I'm all over the place, is incredible. Because I know the things I care about, the things I value back home. I can always keep an eye on it using Simply Safe's indoor and outdoor cameras. So do me a favor. Before you head out on your next vacation, make sure to protect your whole home with Simply Safe variety of indoor and outdoor cameras, plus add sensors to detect break-ins, fires, floods, and more. It's backed by 24-7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day, no contracts to worry about, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Simply Safe has given me and many of my listeners real peace of mind. I want you to have it too. So right now, get 20% off any new Simply Safe system with fast protect monitoring at simplysafe.com slash dlb there's no safe like simply safe hey guys it's tony i am very 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 excited about the nba playoffs they have been incredible so far taylor producer on the show thanks to game time took a 28 hour train ride to a knicks game talking to taylor it was an awesome time going to the game feeling the energy of the garden and i really want to get out there to watch a game in the garden and you know how i do it of course the best ticket app on the planet game time game time is an authorized ticket marketplace of the nba which makes getting playoff tickets even faster and easier prices on the game time app actually go down the closer it gets to tip off with killer last minute deals all in prices views from your seat which is a technology i love by the way Game Time has tons of last minute deals. You can save up to 60% off buying last minute for sports, concerts, comedy, theater. Take the guesswork out of buying NBA tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app today. Create an account. Use code DAN, D A N, for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code DAN, D A N, for 20 bucks off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. 
Following the State of the City speech, the mayor's movements were managed, protected, directed. He would take questions from one reporter at a time behind closed doors. Do you think those companies would have you on the payroll if you were not in a position of power in the city of Miami? So again, your question already has a flawed premise that I'm working for 12 companies. The mayor suggested I and others did not do enough homework, jumped to wrong conclusions. But to respect that position, I rephrase the question. And I'm done. Tell me I'm, I'm done. I'm done. Thank you. I'm done. One company. I'm done. I'm done. One company I'm done. that's hired you, do you I'm think done. they might have if you were not the mayor? There would be no more questions and none at all for Miami Herald reporters who had been waiting their turn. You talked about transparency, but what about transparency in your own private business? Mayor Suarez, is there a reason you don't want to talk to the Miami Herald today? That was Miami Herald investigative reporter Sarah Blasky giving chase to Miami Mayor Francis Suarez at the recent State of the City address. She is joining us now. Sarah, was there a reason that Mayor Suarez did not want to answer questions from the Miami Herald after having given interviews to every single TV station in town? Well, if there was, he didn't give us that reason. He didn't speak to us at all that day um, or any day subsequently. What I can tell you is that the Miami Herald had published an investigation that morning into another one of the more than a dozen side jobs this part-time mayor has held over the past two years. And in this case, it was a small tech company that had big dreams and very little to show for it at that point that was trying to make a partnership behind closed doors. And it turns out it was trying to make a partnership with a different company, more established, that was in the process of negotiating a business relationship with the city of Miami. But not just that, that would already be a potential problem, right? The mayor's company, the city of Miami. But in this case, it was actually the mayor's office that was pushing this software sale on the city. And mind you, it was for a software that was for something the city was already doing. It was a completely redundant service. The city didn't need it, but yet the mayor's office was pushing it. And if that's not enough, there is one final point to this story, which is that while the mayor's office is pushing this software for this company, N0, it is also the mayor's chief of staff at the time is actively engaged behind closed doors on his city email, on city time, also promoting the private partnership between that company and a company called Redivider, which Mayor Suarez has paid about $220,000 a year to be a consultant for that company and is a tiny minority owner of the company. So he had a lot to gain from anything that would benefit that company, a partnership, a lucrative business deal from the city, etc. That was the story we were trying to ask him about that day at the State of the City. And that Glenna Milberg from WPLG Local 10 that you heard there was trying to ask him about as well your story. And this just seems to be another in the litany of alleged conflicts of interest in which Mayor Francis Suarez is exploiting his public position for private profit, often in this case, even appearing as though he is working as an unregistered lobbyist within the city, also enlisting people in his office, in his public office, I should say, 
to do that as well. Investigators are looking into Francis Suarez's very lucrative side hustles. Another story you wrote earlier last month ahead of the state of the city. That is a result in no small part of your investigation called Shakedown City from late last year that detailed some of these allegations, including one in which it appears as though the mayor might be working as an unregistered foreign agent. So this just the hits just keep on coming. It's no wonder that he tried to get his steps in running away from you at the state of the city. But that wasn't all for Miami mayor. I actually I oh, here's the cart machine. Right. It's, it's hiding behind my, my laptop. Hang on. I got. Oh, you found it. I found it. Uh, I've been, I tried to hide it. I've been hiding it from. Sorry, just getting getting sure we've been on hiatus. You know, I'm just stretching here. Sarah Blasky, your most recent story Super PAC backing Mayor Suarez's presidential bid. I have to laugh, of course, when you say presidential bid. So obviously, Mayor Suarez has received, deservedly so, a lot of scorn for this presidential campaign, which is one of the shortest and most embarrassing in the history of the United States. And we were all wondering, what what is this really all about? Is this a money grab? Is this some kind of laundering operation? What the hell is going on here? And it seems like what you've dug up doesn't really, isn't really very compelling in terms of, I would say, the legitimacy of the operation, because it seems like there was money being made, but it wasn't necessarily being spent on the campaign. What is this most recent report? Sure. So there's there's the campaigns, right, for president, and then there are the super PACs that make all the money. They can raise unlimited sums, right? And in the case of Francis Suarez, the super PAC was called SOS America. Hmm. And so that super PAC, we just got the federal financial disclosures from that PAC. There's a huge delay. So the campaign ended six months ago, and we just found out about some of the spending from the super PAC backing the campaign. And the top line item here is that the super PAC spent more on a single fundraising consultant. So, you know, a person that goes out and tries to raise money for the super PAC usually spent more on the consultant than the super PAC actually raised. What? So generally, there's all kinds of ways for this to happen, but often consultants make a percentage of the total fundraising. So it's like it's like a commission, 15 percent. It's a commission. Okay, there might be a flat fee. Other people do it. In this case, the commission was if it was a commission would have been well over 100 percent of everything (laughs) that the super PAC raised. And so a couple a couple points here to be fair to everyone involved. Okay. so the first thing is the super PAC (laughs) is not to be fair to people getting 110 percent commission. I don't know. We have to be we have to be fair. All right. Go ahead. I'm sorry. There's nuance. And, and, you know, the super PAC gave us this response. And also the consultant himself gave us this response. So Mm. first, I should point out that super PACs are not campaigns and legally they cannot coordinate. So (laughs) so Mayor Suarez pointed (laughs) us to the PAC and said, ask them, Mm. because legally that would be what you would have to do. Um, He shouldn't know. The second thing is that the fundraiser said he wasn't raising money for the PAC. He was actually raising money for the campaign, which is incredibly unusual. I don't want to say unheard of, but incredibly unusual because they're not supposed to coordinate. But in this case, there was a very tricky little thing that that was, you know, one of the downfalls of Mayor Suarez's campaign for president. And that was the RNC to get on the debate stage. You had to have 
40,000 individual donors, which is a lot for someone that is not well nationally known. And there are some other requirements, too. And so the argument from the PAC and from this fundraiser, Ryan Coyne, was that they were attempting to make the Suarez campaign go viral in order to raise those 40,000 donors. So while this is still an extraordinary amount of money, if you were to divide 2.2 million by 40,000, that's a lot per every donation. Their argument was this was worth it. It was absolutely necessary oh, to, to in pay order 100 to plus meet percent. this. The ROI was there, uh-huh. is the argument. Okay, I'm sorry. Did you say the fundraiser's name is Ryan Coin? Is that a cryptocurrency or is that a, a, a human being? Ryan Coin owns a company called Starbird LLC out okay. of Virginia. It used to be Olympic Media. And he recently, the company acquired Parler. So not oh. Bitcoin, but one of the other tech worlds. Sure. Okay. So, uh, Ryan Coin. Would you like to buy some Ryan Coin, Roy? No. Okay. <laughs> All right. I was just, what am I looking for? Orozco That's what I was looking for. Sarah Blasky, MiamiHerald.com. There has been no dearth of spectacular characters and stories out of the city of Miami, which is just one of 34 municipalities in Dade County, certainly the largest, but like one of my favorite characters who has come after me as well is who I refer to as a city attorney and mob lawyer, Vicky Mendez. I call her a mob lawyer because she doesn't exactly follow the law as much as she comes up or attempts to come up with legal justifications for every corrupt or illegal thing that the city government does. And so she had a very bad week last week. Your story about her, the headline was Miami City Attorney Investigated by Florida Bar Over Ties to Alleged House Flipping Scheme. In the interest of full disclosure, there was two bar complaints that you were writing about, which we'll get into. But tell me a little bit. We've talked about on this show before this scheme that Vicky Mendez or Tricky Vicky, as she's known in the city, and her husband, have been involved in this kind of house flipping scheme that appears to prey on elderly homeowners using the work of a county charity to kind of force them out of their house. And before the homes are ever listed, they appear to swoop in and at under market value, buy them, refurbish them without ever pulling the appropriate permits, allegedly, and then flip them sometimes like the same day or the same week or the same month for like hundreds or even thousands of percent profit. So what is this bar complaint all about? Sure. So the city attorney in the city of Miami, Victoria Mendez, is she's facing a lawsuit about exactly what you Hmm. described, a situation where someone said that they weren't given the proper you know, context and that she had worked behind the scenes with her husband who who runs this other company to buy their home at below market value and then flip it and make a huge amount of profit. And the, the allegation that is that this is an exploitative scheme. This is a corrupt practice because she has extra information. She's preying on vulnerable people. This is all spelled out in the legal complaint. And then, of course, there is a, the WLRN, um, the NPR affiliate in Miami here, who they did a fabulous investigation last year that dug into this particular program that you were mentioning about. Um, there's a county program, basically, that that helps people pay their bills, their medical bills and, and whatnot by selling their house. If you have no other option, here's a way to pay your bills. Here's a way to get through. Um, the argument is that the city attorney was profiting, her family was profiting off of this program. 
So that is also involved here. And and sometime last year, um, someone, and we don't know who, made a complaint to the Florida Bar saying, you know, hey, look at this lawsuit. And they started investigating. We know that that was before April 9th. We don't know when it started, but before April 9th, 2023, it's been going at least that long. But the news just broke. We, we didn't know. And it's not actually that common for bar complaints to be made public. Um, and certainly not at this part of the investigation, which is considered confidential. So it's unusual to find out what exactly is happening behind the scenes. In this case, it was Attorney Mendez herself who, who told us uh, at the Herald that when we asked her about what the bar complaint was about, she said, well, it's about this lawsuit that was brought against me mm. and then also the WLRN investigation. So that's that's one. And I'll I'll get to that second complaint. Well, if you I'll, want, Billy, I, I if don't want to jump in here. I, I want to make sure because we're running out of time. That first complaint that you're talking about came to light while I was filing my own complaint against Miami City Attorney Tricky Vicky Mendez in the interest of full disclosure. And that is as a result of the now viral meltdown. To be fair, Tricky Vicky has been having an ongoing meltdown for like several weeks, if not months now. In what you might remember, Roy, she called me. You are a vile little man. Yes, she did. At a city commission meeting. And so I filed that bar complaint about her lack of decorum, her unprofessional misconduct. And that was the second bar complaint that was covered in this Miami Herald article. Sarah, before we go, I I do want to play a clip that same day that you published your story last week about Vicky Mendez and the bar complaints. She appeared at a hearing in the lawsuit that we were just talking about and continuously, repeatedly, not only interrupted the judge, who was pretty chill and mild manner, but was interrupting her own attorney and was filibustering and making political speeches. The judge had to multiple times try to regain kind of order and decorum in his Zoom courtroom. And here's one of those scenes. This has been, you know, your trying to hurt my family, hurt me, trying to say that I did something wrong. Whatever he said at that hearing is whatever he said at that hearing. I have nothing to do with this property. I had nothing to do except doing my job. When someone calls me and asks me about a property, Your Honor, I have to answer this because it is not appropriate. Now I've been forced to mute you. You refuse to stop talking uh, when I'm trying to address you, so please listen carefully. If a witness refuses to listen to the court, Not only can they be silenced, but they can be removed from the courtroom. But I did not think it was productive to remove the witness from the courtroom if she can behave herself. You are a vile little man. Can you hold somebody in contempt on Zoom? Behave yourself. Uh, uh, Hang on. Hang on. I have a I have a a cart for that. Where is it? You're goddamn right, meatball. That's right. Meanwhile, I, I, I can relate to that. Roy's always muting my my microphone. That's true. <laughs> how can I help? So I am helping. What is what a myself? How can I help myself? Is more like it. What a scene! Clearly, this things are not going well in the city of Miami, and Sarah Blasky is doing her best to uh, shine a light on it all as the cockroaches scatter. And before we go, we have a top five, Roy, with Sarah Blasky because but I don't know how she's able to to narrow this down, but we have a top five. Miami city officials that are under criminal investigation. (laughs) I got to start here by saying 
We have to narrow it further than that. Oh. Under criminal investigation that started by the Miami-Dade SAO, so the state attorney's office. All right, so starting at 543, all in one go here. So 543 are Manolo Reyes, Alex Diaz de la Portilla, and Joe Carroyo. They were all the subjects. <laughs> of a complaint by former police chief Art Acevedo, and that um, that complaint or that memo, I should say, was the subject of an ongoing investigation that was kicked from Miami-Dade County to the Broward SAO, basically alleging that there was a misuse of their public office. That's ongoing. We don't know what's happening. Those are five, four, three. All right, on to two. We have Alex Diaz de la Portilla. Um, a second time, of course, he ends up behind bars briefly in an orange jumpsuit last year for a different bribery allegation. He's facing charges of bribery for that one. Since he was already named, we're going to call a second two here. That's also Commissioner. I get to do this. It's in the rule book. So it's tied? Um, th- oh, it's a tie. There's a tie. Is There's right a tie. There was, there was a tie. So number two, second number two is Sabina Covo. Um, This is former Commissioner Sabina Covo. Recently, as of this past Saturday, we learned that she is also under investigation by the state attorney's office. This one for an alleged bribery kickback scheme where uh, she was allegedly trying to solicit endorsements during the runoff race in the November election. She did not win that race. This is an open investigation. It was also kicked to Broward for conflicts of interest between some witness in this case. We're not exactly sure who. And the state attorney's office, Catherine Fernandez Rundle here in Miami. So and number one, our first place here, this is Miami Mayor Francis Suarez. Miami Mayor Francis Suarez started this investigation, began um, as an investigation into his relationship with Rishi Kapoor, a developer that had Suarez on the payroll while the mayor's office was sort of getting involved with a zoning issue. That investigation has subsequently broadened, and now it's into a lot of the mayor's side gigs throughout his tenure, including Redivider, the company at the beginning, the tech company that was trying to partner with the company seeking city business. So that's and, number one. And yet, and yet on Catherine Fernandez-Rundle, the Miami-Dade state attorney who's recused herself from all of these other investigations involving the city of Miami, has yet to recuse herself from that, which we will talk about the next time you're on the program, because this is really the crux of everything we talk about on this show, because Miami is Catherine Fernandez-Rundle, the lead prosecutor in Miami-Dade County for the last 30 years. That's 3-0 and up again for re-election this year. Roy, is there anything more fun than when someone does a top five for the very first time on this show? It's just chaos. It's just absolute chaos. And by the way, there are outside looking in because, Sarah, if we broaden the horizon to be like Florida bar investigations or ethics investigations, there's even more people and more officials at the city of Miami who are under investigation. But this is so, not your little Twitter account, little Billy. So we won't get into that right now. Maybe next time, Sarah Blasky, <laughs> MiamiHerald.com. Thanks, as always, for being here. Thank you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Going viral this week, Roy, I don't know if you saw it. There is a Miami-Dade County Public Schools parent or legal guardian permission form. Yeah, I saw that shit. Terrible. It's on screen now. The activity or event name is called Read Aloud, and the description or nature of the activity or the event is that students will participate and listen to a book written by an African-American. This is, of course, Black History Month, and apparently, according to Florida state law, in the free state of Florida, by the way, Roy, you need a permission slip signed by a parent or legal guardian in order to hear a book read aloud that is written by an African-American author. So while when we're not banning books, we are limiting access to books written by, well, not just particular people, but particular races of people. People who are not white. I think that's the, the fairest way of, of putting that. Joining us now, Jason Garcia, friend of the show. He's an independent journalist seeking rents fl.com he covers how big business influences public policy in florida which is basically in every conceivable way isn't that right jason welcome back to the program we can segue right away here it's like speaking of of racism in the state of florida there is a bill actively making its way through the limited time that the Florida legislature has every year to actually do the work of the people of Florida, and that is to block the removal of Confederate monuments. And in fact, to if I'm not mistaken, Jason, what does this do? This punishes people who try to remove? Yeah. What, what, what the hell is this? Yeah, that's right. And, and just to give you an idea of how important it is, the, the Florida Senate worked late one night last week, and that was on this particular bill, which would... Um, <sighs> essentially prevent cities and counties from removing publicly owned statues or other memorials that honor Confederate war figures or other supporters of slavery. It goes so far as if you have like a local city council person that votes to do this anyway, mm. it, they get hit with a per, with a fine that they have to pay out of their like own personal funds. So it like personally penalizes anybody who tries to remove a Civil War statue. Why? <laughs> well, because I think, uh, you know, the supporters would say uh, it's about a protecting American history, not a, about any particular history. But what was interesting about this uh, late night meeting is is a guy actually Roy, showed Roy, up. To Roy quit. Roy's leaf. <laughs> no, 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 no. They're trying to erase African-American history. That's exactly right. And, system, But they want to keep the Confederacy. Uh, I, right. Okay. Yeah, they want to they want to they want to they want to ban black history and they want to celebrate slavery i think that's a perfectly that, fair and i would they say they want to celebrate traitors absolutely people who that that's right who and, and committed we'll, sedition and revolution and violence against the united states and tried to destroy the united states hashtag because miami jason i'm sorry you were <laughs> you were saying that's right. And what was wild about this is because, again, the, the talking points from Republicans carrying this bill are about this is about all history. We're just trying to protect history. Ah! Uh, a guy a guy showed up at the meeting to testify in support of this bill. And he said the quiet part out loud. He said, uh, we need this bill because we need to protect the uh, the culture war being waged on white society. And and just in case uh, there was any confusion about what he meant by this is he was asked, are you supporting white supremacy? And he was like, yes, yes, I am. 
I don't want to interrupt. I want to I want to show not tell. We have this clip here from this committee meeting that is chaired, in fact, by Florida State Senator from Miami, Alexis Kaladiud. And this guy is a fan of history, by the way, but only or mostly the slavery part. Um, I'm speaking in favor of this because I am a student of history. This dispute that you're seeing right now is an extension of what was left of the Civil War after the shooting ended. The shooting ended in 1865, but the Cultural War has continued ever since. And that's exactly what you are asking, uh, you're looking at in uh, everyday lives of Floridians that are being affected by this. Now, this product of removal of uh, statues that have historic significance that are over 100 years old is part of the culture war being waged against white society. And I'll tell you who else are the targets of this. George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Alexander Hamilton, and Francis Scott Key. Thank you, sir. I, I, yes, ma'am. <laughs> thank you, and thank you for your comments. I want to ask you a question. You said that you're a historian, and you spoke to the importance of teaching history. Yes. Are you in support of teaching racism, sexism, and oppression as a part of that history, too? No, I am not. And okay, in fact, thank you. I'm opposed to critical race theory, which is what this whole thing is based I on. I never said critical race theory. I said it, because that's exactly what this, your actions are based on. Excuse me, sir. That type of conversation to a member of the Senate will not be appropriate. Um, I have a question. I do not believe people who support this policy share your perspective on supporting white culture or supporting the concept of the need to push white su supremacy is what I heard. White culture, white supremacy. So I just want to clarify that was your intent in your public testimony today. Yes, it was. Thank you, sir. By the way, for the audio audience, uh, he looks exactly how he sounds. Yeah, like a racist old coot. They could probably draw him just from the sound of his voice. Uh, what's, so, what's amazing, he was reading from prepared remarks, by the way. He, he knew exactly what he wanted to say. Oh, he wrote it down. We're going to do a, a top five here of like the shittiest and dumbest laws that they are wasting time in the state capital of Tallahassee right now trying to pass while all of us are suffering here. I mean, we got... Uh, the, the insurance rates. I mean, if you can get insurance, inflation, we are the, we are like ground zero for the worst of everything in this country. And nobody seems to be doing anything about it. So the question is, Jason, what are they doing about it? Actually, I want to put this up on screen real quick. This is the Republican legislative agenda. By the way, the Republicans have a supermajority in Florida. So I don't even have to say Republicans. Like when we say legislature, it's, it is Republicans. They run the entire state top to bottom. There was this leaked legislative agenda, Jason, from some meeting that like nothing here really impacts our life. It's their right. top 10 legislative priorities for 2024. And it is like disconnected entirely from like the reality of what we are, are living here in Florida. It's mostly culture war bullshit and distractions that, that affect nobody. And I guess basically it's just raw meat for their 
donors and base to get reelected. But we all have real problems. Their base has real problems that they're not addressing. So, Jason, let's do your top five of the worst bills working their way through. In fact, I'm sorry. What happened from that committee meeting? Yeah, yeah. So it's just two things. One, all this stuff exists to distract people from the fact that while they while they protect Confederate statues and, and sort of ban books written by black people, they're also, you know, cutting wages for workers. They're also giving away rights of insurance policyholders to insurance companies. They're doing nothing to bring down the cost of insurance. So that that's the real value of these these culture war fights is they distract from all the corporate stuff they're doing. And what was remarkable about this hearing is it, it didn't show up in this clip, but right before this meeting ended, a couple of folks made a point of, of really sort of expressing how disgusted they were by this guy and they did not agree with his remarks and they were abhorred by it. And then they did exactly what he wanted them to do and they voted for the bill. All right. So it passed out of this committee. So we are still on track in Florida to uh, preserve Confederate statues because of guys like that. Yeah, so we had we 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 disown this guy. We have nothing to do with this guy. We we do not agree with anything he said, and we're going to vote for exactly what he wants us to vote for. Magatov, exactly. Jason Garcia, top five worst bills working their way through the Florida legislature this session. Okay, this is going to be. Uh, we're, I thought of this as the most absurd bills because top five worst is just a really hard thing to do. But so number five, murdering black bears. Why, why, why has it got to be black bears, Jason? That's the bears that are around to murder, basically. This is, this is not, I'm not even joking. This is stand your ground, but for black bears. And it will allow people to <laughs> shoot a black bear if they feel threatened or if they feel their home is threatened. Can we just do ballpark here? Percentage of Floridians impacted by insurance, whether it's property insurance, car insurance. <laughs> or, what, what percentage would you say? You know, I'm going to say you're getting pretty close to 100% okay. impacted by insurance. Percentage of Floridians impacted by black bears. I'm going to guess one one thousandth of one one thousandth of one percent. Do you think the insurance covers the black bears uh, damage to the property? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, this is tort reform. Number four. Number four. Uh, teaching communism to kindergartners. <laughs> I'm sorry, they can't even read books by black authors without getting 17 signatures from parents and legal guardians. What do they want to teach? Communism right. to kindergartners? Why? They, they want to teach about the, the evils of communism to, to kindergartners. And, and sort of what gives away the game here is mm. the initial version of this bill specifically said we had to teach them about cultural Marxism, which, uh, which is a right-wing conspiracy theory. It's not like an actual about, academic... About term. Jews, that basically Jews <laughs> are the OG communists and we need to stop... These Jews from poisoning the minds of our children. Am I wrong? <laughs> that, that, that's the root of it. I, yes. I, and so that was in the original version of this bill. And I was reading this article on ClickOrlando.com with a quote from Jay Collins, the state senator who I think filed this bill, where he says that examples of other communist movements other than Cuba, for example, provided in the bill include the Third Reich of Nazi Germany, not Communists, by the way, not. And here's the quote from Collins. Yeah, sorry, Rory. Hold on for a second. So, so critical race theory is a collegiate course, correct? They're trying to teach communism to kindergartners. 
Right. Make, the right, evils, that makes sense. The evils of communism, because this is what the bill's filer and, and primary sponsor, Florida Senator Jay Collins, said, quote, frankly, there is no benefit to communism. It leads to the same inevitable stain on the human experience, period. Loss of life, pain, trauma, families destroyed. Yeah, six-year-olds will get that. What about yeah. slavery that they don't want to teach? What about crony <laughs> capitalism, which is a real threat every single day in this right. country, in this community? There's no communist threat. In this country, it, nobody wants it, communism. It's ridiculous. But yeah, like, and Billy, you've, you've got to be careful of a communist regime because one of the things they might end up doing is stopping you from reading books written by black people. Oh, and what about, right, censor, government censor, big government censorship. They might tell women what they can do with their bodies right. and doctors what they can do for their patients. Loss of life, pain, trauma, families destroyed. What about marijuana prohibition? is responsible for all of those things. And they don't want to have a real conversation about decriminalization or legalization. Of It's so hypocritical. It's so repugnant to me. And I don't even know what number we're on. I'm so pissed about this. It doesn't make sense. If you want to talk conservative values and small government, that's what I'm talking about right now. Why is the government interceding in... I'm sorry, Jason. I'm, I, I, I don't even know that I know how to count because I'm a product of the Miami-Dade County. Public Number three. <laughs> Number three, banning lab-grown meat in Florida. Don't don't play this. Don't play the ta-da for that. What the hell is What does that even mean? So the, Thank you. This, is, this bill, again, we're doing the most absurd bills. This bill is just utterly stupid. Stupid. There is, you know, a bunch of venture capitalism is uh, being poured into cell cultivated meat. It's sort of seen as a way to like raise meat in a climate friendly way and without like slaughtering animals eventually. But a bunch of Republican legislators want to ban it before it can start. And it's it's kind of like this perfect marriage of crony capitalism to protect the beef and poultry industries, but also with like MAGA culture war, because this is basically like, don't you be bringing that hippie meat coming after my steak. <laughs> More like more like uh, crony carnivorism. I mean, what like I don't even uh, that that deserves something. Really. Priorities, priorities in the free state of Florida. Number two, Jason. Number two, criminalizing homelessness. So let me get this straight. Rents are out of control. Worst housing market in the country here. I mean, while inflation has been coming down in every other state and major city in the union here it's through the roof insurance through everything people are losing their homes and out on the streets because of the incompetence and lack of attention from this government and now it's like well you can't be in a house and you can't be out of a house like what what does this do this bill yeah this is actually probably the most duplicitous bill of session because because it doesn't like achievement technically criminal right it doesn't technically criminalize homelessness but what it says is basically local governments can't let anybody sleep on public property the only place they can put them are in these camps but these camps have to meet a bunch of conditions and Mm. it provides no funding for them and it also empowers any neighboring property owner to sue if they don't want the camp there so it basically says you know you got to round up all these homeless people and it doesn't really tell you what to do with them and and so the essentially people are going to end up in jail would these be camps that that effectively they could go and think about their lives they can kind of concentrate on what it is that that is you know uh, bothering them and concentrate like concentration camps where they yeah. can just really think these things over do i want to know number one jason or should we just quit <laughs> while we're behind <laughs> i think we got to do number one we've come this far together so number one rolling back child labor laws 
Well, at least my daughter can have a job now at six years old. On a construction site. Well, what kind of, sure, though, what kind of, what, what, huh? What? Yeah. Huh? yeah, there's a, there's a, apparently a class of the Florida legislature that yearns for the days of Charles Dickens, but there are, there are actually a bunch of bills around this. One would roll back the hours kids can work and essentially allow employers to make high school kids work 40 hour work weeks while they're in school or work a 12 hour work day the night before a school day. And then there's a separate bill, and this one is written directly by shockingly the home building industry that would allow home builders to use uh, as many six. 16 and 17 year olds as they want on uh, residential construction sites. Well, on the upside, children can now build houses for the homeless. So everybody's, <laughs> yeah, they can't afford. Right. Yeah. everybody's a winner. And, and the other irony, we didn't talk about, you know, obviously this is the Florida legislature. So there's a pile of bills moving to like demagogue immigrants and make their lives harder to essentially drive them out of the state. And that's what you're what you're seeing here, right, is they've passed a number of really anti-immigrant policies the last few years. And so you've had farm workers and construction companies particularly complaining they can't find workers. So so what's the solution? Give them more kids to, to work. And what's what's craziest, of course, is they do this under the guise of like crime prevention. But reality, immigrants are the lifeblood of the economy of not just the state of Florida, but really the country. I mean, these are quite literally jobs that no Americans want to do. And when you look at agriculture and hospitality and service industry jobs, this is where a lot of these folks are. And that is the economy of the entire state. Jason Garcia, it's always depressing to see you and to speak <laughs> with you. SeekingRentsFL.com is just fantastic and compelling. And, and as depressing as this is, it also is incredibly interesting. I see a headline from you on social media or on your Substack every single day that makes my head just explode. Thank you for what you do. Keep it up. Oh, thanks very much. That means a lot coming from you. Roy, you know, there is yet another lawsuit filed against Miami Commissioner Joe Carollo. There's more? Of course there's more. You're goddamn right, Meatball. The latest one is pretty bad because this one says that when he lost that other lawsuit and was found to have violated the constitutional rights of business owners in the city and effectively violated the charter of the city of Miami, that he then violated the Citizens Bill of Rights that calls for his immediate removal. So as soon as that other verdict was certified, he theoretically under the city charter of Miami should be removed from office. And at the last city commission meeting, Joe got a little visit from a process server. Hashtag because Miami cocaines. Good morning. Good morning, Madam Chair. My name is Jose Mejia. I'm a process server, Joe Carroyo. I was summoned to complain for you to have you removed from office for violating the city chair. Sir, you can accept sir, service. Yes, ma'am. Please step away from the podium. That yeah, is not the on the agenda. Here. If you are here to do a I'm service or process, here. please do that. Step to the All side. Right. It's here. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, Joe Carroyo. Good luck. Stuka out here for my friends over at Simply Safe. When you travel, do concerns back home nag you? Did you lock up? Did you leave a window open? That's why I recommend investing in Simply Safe Home Security today for award-winning security and peace of mind wherever your summer plans take you. I've had Simply Safe in my home for many years now. The peace of mind it gives me, especially during the summertime, when I'm all over the place, is incredible. Because I know the things I care about, the things I value back home 
I can always keep an eye on it using Simply Safe's indoor and outdoor cameras. So do me a favor. Before you head out on your next vacation, make sure to protect your whole home with Simply Safe variety of indoor and outdoor cameras, plus add sensors to detect break-ins, fires, floods, and more. It's backed by 24-7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day, no contracts to worry about, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Simply Safe has given me and many of my listeners real peace of mind. I want you to have it too. So right now, get 20% off any new Simply Safe system with fast protect monitoring at simplysafe.com slash DLB. There's no safe like Simply Safe.